Hey guys, welcome back to Couples Chatting About Infertility. On this episode, we got the chance to sit down and talk with Amazing and Rudy. Amazing and Rudy, we love you guys so much. You are just awesome. We get into all things around infertility. We talk about them being extremely young in their 20s and not being taken serious by several of their doctors when it came to their fertility concerns. We talk about the toll that it takes not only on your relationship, but your sex life. And we even get into just how you really have to be so strong and persevere throughout all of the challenges and struggles that come your way as a couple when going through something as serious as infertility. This conversation with them was just so enjoyable, and we just really loved getting the chance to chat with them more about their journey. Amazing and Rudy, we are so excited for you guys as you get ready to start your IVF journey, and we are rooting so hard for you. We hope you guys enjoy this one. today. We are super excited to have you guys and just can't thank you enough for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you guys met. So we met in college actually in a constitutional law class. Our teacher made us do like this buddy system where you had to exchange numbers and he was one of my buddies. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's cool. So you guys just kind of hit it off from there? Um, it took a little while, but yeah. (laughs) A lot of copy dates in between classes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then so... I didn't know where dates at the time. I thought... (laughs) You were just kidding. (laughs) You thought you were just hanging out with your friend? Yeah, pretty much. Rudy had a different agenda. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you guys end up kind of dating and getting married? Did you guys start trying to get pregnant? Talk to us a little bit about that. So we met, were engaged within the year and then married on the two-year anniversary. Yeah. And we met in college. So we're still semi-sloppy college students when we decided to stop preventing. Yeah. I took my IUD out three months before we got married, and we said we weren't trying, but we also weren't preventing. Yeah. Right. That was kind of exactly how we were, and I always say, like, looking back, I'm kind of glad that we did it the way we did it because it took us so long to finally get pregnant, like, seven years later that, you know, you're kind of like, you see why everything happens for a reason. And it was the same thing. Like we knew we were going to get married, but we kind of were just like you, like I went off the birth control pill and we were like, if it happens, it happens. And we kind of wanted it to happen because we definitely weren't not trying, you know? So it's kind of tricky how that whole thing starts and, you know, leads you to infertility. Yeah. My biggest thing with this was I have, 
I'm super career driven and super about that side of my life. But I think it actually came from the Michelle Obama book. Yeah. She talked about how she was so career driven that she ended up having to do IVF at like 35. And I was like, you know what? I'm 22 right now. I can do my career for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I know like without a shadow of a doubt, I want to be a mom and I want to be pregnant. And Rudy was down for it, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy when, we, when you go through it so young. You said you're 22, man. That's right around the same time we started trying for ours. And back then, we didn't have too much of a, um, I guess, a community that we knew about. We didn't have, you know, Instagram and, and all that. So we kind of, you know, kept it to ourselves. And here we are, you know, now that we have the little one and he's a year old, we're, we're, we're getting into the community and like, shit, man, we wish we, we would have had that. How's, how's it been for you guys just being involved in a community, in, you know, in the beginning of your journey? Originally, it was super hard because we we're young. We're so young, so most of our friends aren't doing the same thing as us. Yeah, pregnancy is like the scare. Mm-hmm. We're like, uh, not really. Yeah. Kind of right. the opposite at this point. Yeah, yeah, we actually had like a terrible experience with one of our coworkers who, when we had our, our loss, she was like, oh, I had, I just had an abortion, so we're dealing with, like, the same thing right now. And, and I was just like, we've been trying to do this for 12 months, and you had an oopsie. Like, this is not the same. Right. You're yeah. like, that's not oh, the my, same thing at all. Yeah, I'm like, my dreams have been crushed. You yeah. are going to go out and party now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And it's like... It's those are the comments and those are like the triggers and the things that happen so often that make it so hard because for people that go through infertility, it's like you feel like people around you that aren't going through it are so lucky and they have no idea about the type of pain that, you know, we go through to try so hard for a child that we want so badly so when there's so many like insensitive comments made like that, it's just like stabs your heart, you know? Yeah. Now, Rudy, did you always want kids too? Like, did you guys know that you... No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know. Um, when I met her, I was, I'm a little older, so I, I was doing my thing and then I, I never even wanted a girlfriend and want to get married and then found her and I was like cool and then we started talking about it as the wedding got closer and she said well I don't really want my IUD and she kind of explained I didn't know that there's like a six month waiting period after you get it out and stuff so Mm -hmm. I was like you know I'm not really opposed to this and the more I thought about it and the more we talked about it I kind of just like no you know what I I do I do want a little family and that whole thing yeah don't lie on our third date he was like I don't want kids and I was just like well I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want kids so (laughs) (laughs) So he was like let me change my mind real quick (laughs) oh that's so sweet though that really is so sweet and it is hard being young you know to go back to that especially seeing you know for us our friends were focused on so many other things that you know we we kind of lost touch with some people because we we no longer had the same things in common you know like what we were fighting for it wasn't even in the back of their minds at that point you know so it kind of just kept us away and you know the good thing about it like I always tell Mo is that you know it it builds this this bond between her and I that you know it just for the rest of our life it's you know it's unbreakable you know what I mean you go through it 100% and I definitely feel like 
I had a hard time with that, and that's how the Instagram originally became a thing, was because it's like, there's not girls my age around me that are doing this. I feel so alone. Like, he, he can go out to, like, the bar or, like, whatever and hang out with his friends and just ignore it. But I'm like, I've, I don't know. As a woman, I felt like it was all-consuming, and, like, my body's not working. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. And my friends want to, like, my friends want to go drink and, like, do shots and stuff. I'm like... I've been sober for the last year because I'm trying to make my body as healthy as possible. Yeah. And that's like, to me, it's like, those are, that's like the very initial, I feel like when you start feeling like, oh my God, what if something's wrong with me? Like, why can't we get pregnant? Okay. Let me do everything I can to try and control this. So just like you said, it's like you start making sure your body's as clean as possible. Like you're trying to do every little thing that you can. And it is, it's so isolating because everyone else around you, it feels like is worried about like living their best life. Like they're not really thinking about the same things as you. And when you don't have people that like you can relate to or that understand it, it is, it's like lonely, you know? Yeah, super lonely, for sure. So now, how long did you guys, after you got your IUD out, you guys kind of started, like, not really trying, but not preventing. What was that like from there? So from there, we went, so that was December. We got married in March. My thing was, I thought having a 2020 baby was going to be the coolest thing ever. So She was all about that. I was like, 2020 baby, that's the coolest birthday year ever. So um, right around April, so right around when we'd get a January baby was when I like started getting serious about like OPKs. I was like, this is weird. Like, we should be getting pregnant. Yeah. So we had our honeymoon in April, and then that was right around ovulation time anyway and then I went full ham after that like up until December when we had our um so that that made us hit the year mark right at the year mark we we got um pregnant and that ended in loss right after New Year's yeah I'm so sorry about that and I know I read about that on your Instagram and I feel like after trying for so long and then when you did get pregnant I'm sure you guys were just elated yeah, and we ended up telling too many people, and it just, like... Yeah, we did all the classic first baby, like... Because we were so yeah, excited, we're like, course. oh my gosh, it finally happened. Yeah, right. of course. Now, after your loss, Amazing, did you guys kind of just jump back and start trying right away? Like, what happened after that time? I think originally we wanted to take a break, but then, like, the, then the like, yearning for it really just happened. I was like, I can't take a break. Like, we have to start doing this. Yeah. Like, again, like, I want to be super serious about it. And that's when we went to the doctor. We And even around that time, because we did hit getting pregnant right after the year mark, I was like, well, maybe we aren't infertile. Maybe there isn't something wrong with us. Maybe it just took us a long time. Yeah. So I really thought, like, after that, it was going to be easy and we weren't going to have to try as hard. Yeah. So being at month nine again and it's still not happening, I, I feel like I restarted the whole, like, is there something wrong with me process again? Yeah. Yep. How freaking hard is that, too? Because I feel like one of the hardest parts about infertility is, like, the mental torture that it plays on you and then the toll that it takes on your relationship. And it's just those feelings that you literally can't prevent. Like you say, like 
is there something wrong with me? Like, is it something that I've done? Is it something that I haven't done? Like, why can't my body do what it's supposed to do? And for me, that was always like the hardest thing is like, well, we're young, like there's nothing wrong with us. And then you do the initial like testing and the HSG and the semen analysis. And it's like, well, if everything's fine, then like, why can't we get pregnant? And the toll that that takes on you mentally over time, it's just like traumatizing. Yeah. And I feel like it really takes a toll on your confidence. And so when like the doctor's not taking me seriously because I'm 23, (coughs) like, I don't know what to do. I feel like it's made me so insecure that I can't even advocate for myself like no there's something seriously wrong like yeah this is an issue yeah we don't even know if it was just our area but it was hard to find a doctor that would even like see us about it Mm -hmm. a lot of doctors were like oh you're you're 22 you're 20 just give it a couple years and wouldn't even give us an appointment or anything see now I feel like that's so important that you even said that because I feel like so many people experience that and it's like why is the fact that infertility in your young 20s is so just kind of like ignored, you know? Yeah, because my like original like people I started following all had AMH issues. So that was like in my mind, I was like, I could have 50 year old eggs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like maybe it's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now how did you guys finally find a doctor that would take you seriously? yelled at my doctor and I was like no we're trying to have a baby and this is it and so that's how we originally got on our Clomid and then I finally just called an RE because we did a move so instead of it being three hours to our closest RE it's only an hour and a half to our closest RE okay I was like that's a lot easier to deal with and so far it's only because of COVID it's only been um zoom type appointments but the like whole atmosphere is just so much better and nicer and they seem like they actually care that's so great oh my gosh that's great now what is it like zoom appointments with your re it it's nice because we don't have to drive the big distance but it is a little weird because i'm like i feel like they should be like touching me or doing something and it's really just going over labs and things that we've already done which is also kind of nice because we don't have to spend the money again to do new ones right now that's nice something else I always feel like too is like sometimes I don't know but do you ever feel like not like you have to rush but I always felt like my time was so limited like every appointment and especially I feel like our clinic was big and I knew that and you see how many people are waiting and you see you know how many patients that your nurse you know has and it feel it felt like sometimes like you have so many questions and again like your age it's like even after some of our failed transfers they kind of not brush you off but it's like you really want to talk about things deeply or like ask those questions or like you said like advocate for yourself do you feel like the appointment is like meaningful and you have the time to ask you know all your questions and get your the answers that you are looking for so far I don't think so but I'm also giving them a lot of credit because we've only because we've only had our like initial like conversation appointments we don't have our big big appointment that they say block out two hours for yeah end of October so I'm hoping like things change then okay so now you guys have done all your like initial testing and all that they refuse because we're so young I've had a lot of trouble getting like a semen analysis done 
Wow. Many years, there was there wasn't even a clinic that would do them originally, and then we moved more towards the central area of California. So now there's where I can go to the bay and get it. But I, I'm actually yeah, probably gonna have to drive like a two and a half hour drive to go get it done. That's yeah. awful. That's insane. Yeah, and they wanted him to like say that he has like erectile issues for them to even like look at it. They're all like. You're, you're yeah, they were like, is everything working down there? I'm like, as far as I know. <laughs> right. And they wow. were like, well, then, it, it was, it, I don't know. The way they explained it, I was just like, what does that have to do with what I'm trying to get done right now? Yeah. Right. yeah. So now let me get this straight. Your RE says that Rudy doesn't really have to have a semen analysis right now. No, our RE is super pushing for it, but my gynecologist, the urologist at our like local yeah, doctor was just like, like, no, you don't need that. Like, it's probably her. Like, oh my gosh. And all simple. Having super regular cycles and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, have, and all my tests have been coming back normal. So I'm like, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's not me. Please. Yeah. Me. Right. right. <laughs> not that it matters, but I was just like, yes, exactly. And all simply because of your guy's age. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, we ran into that a couple times along our journey, man. We, we're, we're um, a couple people said, "Oh, just you know, you're just not lucky right now. You guys are still young. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it." You or know, like the like. And, stop and that stress. shit is frustrating. Like relax, comment so much when you're younger. Just relax or yeah. Go like I feel like everybody gets that comment, but I feel like people are always trying to like send us to the bar and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. no, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, the comment that's like, don't stress and it'll happen. Or when you're, you know, when you're not worrying about it, it's like, that's literally the last thing you want to hear. Yeah, I'm like, I can't not worry about it. Yeah. So now you guys are definitely going to get started with IVF. Is that where you're at right now? What are you thinking? We're thinking IVF. Um, We have a little bit of insurance coverage. Obviously, that's a huge thing we're like in the middle of trying to buy a house but also like do we not buy a house and try to buy a baby like <laughs> like what do you do here yeah and, um, and the more we research um unless my insurance unless our insurance makes us really just anti-iui at this point yeah now, what made you decide against it? Because I'm always interested in that too, amazing, because people have different experience. Some women, lots get pregnant with IUI. Then there's a lot that are like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done it and gone straight to IVF. So what made you guys come to your decision? And also like being young and just instead of being like, oh, maybe we'll try IUI. Cause I feel like one more thing is the difference of cost oh, for yeah. us. It was like, oh, okay, we'll try an IUI. Cause when you look <clears throat> at the cost compared to IVF, it's like, well, maybe we'll give this a shot first. hundred percent. And that like, and that like almost made us consider it. But at the end of the day, we're almost at year two and we're like, my biggest nightmare is to still be doing this at 40. I know. And I just, and so I'd rather get, even if we did an IUI, I feel like I'd want to start IVF first yeah. and collect all those eggs and yep. get those 23 year old eggs rather than get 25 year old eggs, even though it's not a huge difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's good that for you. Our, I think that was our biggest thing for it. And I have a minor in statistics. And so the IUI statistically just was not vibing with me very well. Yeah. Right. I get that. I totally so did agree you, with you. You did Clomid? Yeah, we're currently on Clomid, and right. I literally, 
Yeah, I'm insane. I'm crazy. I was just about to ask your it's husband, really, how's she doing, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's telling their life, just do whatever she says. Dude. Just hang in there, man. Just fight the good fight, brother. <laughs> I'm cussing him out, and then I'm crying because he's mad at me because I cussed him out. <laughs> I remember them days. It's so hard, too, because it literally <laughs> makes you feel... Like, it's hard to explain, but it makes you feel crazy. Yeah, and you yeah. know you're feeling crazy. You know you're being insane, but, like, you can't hope that yeah. it's insane. Yeah, It's nuts. That's so funny, you guys. So what else? Um, how have you guys been able to just hang in there despite the struggle and the you know heartache that it really takes on you I think our like honestly if anybody like I would never give marriage advice but if I were going to I'd say don't try in your first year because your first year of marriage is already so hard mm-hmm. even like even if you've lived together there's just like you're married now like there's just a seriousness that is a weight yeah. and to try to like conceive during that all too yeah yeah was just so much stress and pressure yeah. and like and like not fighting but there's definitely like insecurities on both sides that show up because of infertility 100%. that you don't expect you can't expect what your feelings are going to be going through infertility yeah. yeah and then like sex like what it does why, like, like, should not have to plan out their sex schedule right. I know. it's crazy bro and it's, starts to take, like, the fun away from it. And yeah. you don't even really realize it at first. Because at first it's like, oh, okay, this is what we have to do, so we'll just give it a try. And then it's like each month that goes by and you kind of realize, like, mm, all right, it's not happening. It slowly starts to control every little thing. And it does. It changes you. And But on one hand, then, like, you have to look at yourselves and be so proud of, like, how far you've already come right. and you realize yeah. like what it does to you and how strong you guys really are to be able to like handle something like this, you know? Yeah, no, but it was definitely hard. Like he came, we came from like a top 10 party school. I was like a little fun, like sorority girl dancing on tables. Till <laughs> and I'm like, it's, 7 a.m. and I think I ovulate at this time and like you have to have sex with me right yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know. And I love having honest conversation. <laughs> I love having honest conversation about that too because it's like it's important to talk about because it number one, I feel like it makes you feel like you're not alone. And number two, it's like you want that connection and you want that intimacy so badly but then at the same time you realize like what infertility does to everything sexually that's going on in your relationship you know yeah a hundred percent and honestly I feel like we would still have an awful sex life if it wasn't awful but like <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, like control it wasn't good <laughs> but um could have been better <laughs> If it wasn't for, like, Instagram. Because I even try to, like, join those Facebook pages. But those are super toxic. And I feel like those women aren't sane and mean and evil. So, like, if I didn't have Instagram, I'd still, like, have no outlet to, be to like, focus my crazy, like, infertility thoughts on. Yeah. And I'd still just be, like, attacking him, like, 
hey, like, what if it, what if it's this? What if it's that? Yeah. yeah. Like walking WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those days, true. man. It's true, yeah. Because we didn't have we didn't have a community back when we were going through it, and we kind of kept everything we were going through private. And uh, I would just get I would I mean I would get text message after text message of shit about the woman's body. There was times where I'm like, oh man, I'm cramping, ah, thinking that I had something. <laughs> but yet- all the stuff you read about in, in your wife, you know what I mean, like. My wife was making me educate myself and just, you know, just got to go through it. It's, it's tough, man. Yep. I got a whole library of books now. Just Whenever she goes to, like, Target or anywhere, if she finds something, she'll be like, here, read this one. Yeah. yeah. And, I don't know, and I don't know how many weird supplements I've given him. Like, here, yeah. I'm just going to take this now. Yep. Right. That was... like, I'm taking weird pills. You're taking weird yep. pills. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. hundred percent. Like, monitors what kind of energy drink I buy. If I buy an energy drink, she's like, you got to get this one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then it's like the things that you're willing to do and you probably don't think twice about getting it like okay that's the best energy drink for me all right you know like you don't even think twice because we're willing to do anything and everything yeah no definitely it does though it just shifts your 20s so much like and I don't we don't ever feel like sad about it I think that like perspective is everything but something we say a lot is like it totally changed our 20s. Like, we didn't spend our 20s being, like, as carefree as we were when we were in high school. Or we didn't spend our 20s, like, just dropping a ton of money on, like, vacations or, like, doing things with friends all the yeah, time. Because for, sure. for us, it was choosing, like, fertility treatments and things like that over everything. And you mentioned, like, buying the house. And it was the same thing for us. It was the decision of, okay, do we want to move forward and put our money towards a baby and the family that we want or are we going to buy a house and like do all these other things you know a hundred percent and like i i've always been like a super saver i think it came from like my parents losing our house and like the recession so i've always been like super cognitive of like saving money and stuff and so it's a constant reminder for me and he has to tell me all the time like 22 23 year olds we're making good money. Like yeah. we're actually fairly successful people, but all of our money goes to trying to make a baby yeah. and try to make sure like we can still get our home loan. So we don't take out a fertility loan yeah. and balancing all that stuff and making sure our credit's perfect. Yeah. So our money doesn't go to fun. Yeah. yeah. And that's, what's hard it's too. Hard. About the, the fertility journey is that you, you, especially early in life, man, as an early married couple, you have some of the realest conversations you're ever going to have in your marriage. You know, and you're getting that out the way early. So you don't even really know how to react to it. You don't really know how to respond. You know, the feelings are just weird because it's so new. You don't know really what tomorrow holds. Like, if you would have asked me, there's no way I would have told you we were going to go through infertility for seven years and put a hold to our life and wouldn't be able to achieve certain things. It was, you know, and then life puts you through it and then you just get through it. And then you've you build certain characteristics about yourself that, you know, in the long run are, are very beneficial, I've found. Yeah, all our friends say we're like the most brutally honest couple we know with each, they know with each other. And I'm like, yeah, well, you kind of have to be at this point. We can't hold anything back. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah, we're like newly dating or like still just like dating friends. They're like, why do you talk to him like that? I'm like, that's what needed to be said. I'm not going <laughs> to like. <laughs> We're past that now. I'm like, we're past that. Like, right, yeah. 
I love you guys. And it's like if you only knew what we're really going through, yeah. oh that that's nothing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm like ah. Yeah. That's that yeah, man, it's it's tough. The one thing I will um give y'all as a little piece of advice is that, you know, before going through IVF it's you know, it is a tough journey, but you know, it is it's a lot on the psyche too. You know, so you got to be mentally prepared for a lot of different things. You never know what's going to happen. And that's what we learned. One thing that we talk about on our podcast and to each other a lot is how we wish that we would have went to uh, therapy through it because of some of the things that it does to your, you know, your mind, body and and, and soul. Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot to um, look forward to in your journey, but definitely you know, a heads up on, you know, what it can really do to the, to the psyche. Cause we're just, we finally got the baby, but now we're just to the point where we're healing from, you know, seven years of infertility. Yeah. So I know like you guys are supposed to be, but how is it now? Because I feel like there's so much trauma and like pain that goes through infertility. And that's like one of our biggest focus. What happens when it's not over? Like I know. it'll always be perfect, but like you have the baby and like, How's life like now? Oh, yeah. You're so sweet to even ask that. And I think that for us, you guys, first of all, it's so obvious that you're so strong and that's so important. And so for us, I feel like you said something like, I don't want to be doing this two years from now. Like your goal is to have your baby now, which is a big reason why you're going forward with IVF. And for us, it was like the years kind of slowly started creeping by and we tried for a little on our own. We went through Clomid, we did IUIs, then we finally, you know, we kind of took a break, got married. And so it was like the time kind of really took a toll on us that I think because we didn't address certain things that had happened and like the mental aspect of just a toll that it was really taking. We had each other, which was like amazing, but I just do, I think like having professional help would have probably been important for me. And I think for you too, like the hardest thing was when we went through IVF, we got to our five genetically normal, you know, frozen embryos. And when we went through our failed transfers, it was like the most devastating thing in the world. And like you said, though, like you kind of you don't want to take a break. You want to keep going and you don't want to stop because as hard as it is, it's like you're going to fight to the death of you for that baby. And so because we didn't like address certain things, I think that we were so happy and elated like you finally get pregnant. It doesn't seem like it's even true. Sometimes we still look at each other and you just can't believe it, but you realize, like, for me, I think the biggest thing was you think infertility is, like, going to go away, or you think, like, oh, I get my baby, and then it's everything, but it's not. It's, like, it's a part of you forever, and it shapes, you know, your decisions, and it shapes who you become, and so you're so sweet to just even ask, but it is. It's, like, it's a tough thing, you know? Yeah, because I definitely have days. It's, like, a day, but I'm, like, we could just be cool like Disneyland aunt and uncle like right like that could be us like <laughs> yeah totally it lasts for like a day because I'm like no like I like I need to be a mom like I know that yeah but so I'm like maybe we'd just be more normal if, if we just gave up yeah or like didn't try for the baby anymore and it's just a weird thought like 
what happens once the baby's here because this has been our like sole focus for yeah. so long. Yeah, I mean, now, 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 that, now that our baby's here, you know, and, and going through it for the amount of years that we went through, you know, I, I do appreciate that we never stopped. And I do appreciate that we just, we had enough to just get through it, you know, even, yeah. you know, the, the, the bad times are always going to sit there. The pain is always going to sit there. But, you know, the smile that the baby has is, is, is worth all of it. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and it does. It's like he has healed so much for us and it takes away, we say all the time, like we go through another seven years just to get him again. Like he definitely has healed, you know, so much, but it doesn't, it's like those scars are always kind of still there. And we're able to look at each other now at like in our young thirties and we're proud of things that we've been through and decisions that we made that have been like tough, but it just shows a lot about who you are as a couple and you know how strong your relationship really is yeah that's so awesome like that makes me happy because I'm always that's been my biggest worry I'm like what if we finally get it this yeah. Is, yeah this isn't gonna be the like happiness that like we've been waiting for and no this is all for. Yeah. yeah, it definitely will. And you guys will look at each other like, oh my gosh, this was worth worth every single second of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you're going to be the greatest mom. Thanks so much. Sorry. Sorry for the noise. We're at my parents' house because the Wi-Fi pole at our new place went down, so we can't set up the Wi-Fi at our place. Oh. And my parents have a zoo. They have a naked cat and a Great Dane. And- <laughs> you guys are in zoo. Don't worry about it. You guys are absolutely fine. Please don't worry about it. It's supposed to just be don't no worries at all. But we've just loved talking to you guys. You guys are awesome. Well, thanks so much. I, lo- I love you guys. It's nice. Yeah, I like nice this. This is such a nice like conversation because you don't get to have adult conversations like yes. this other people who are who have experienced the same pain. yes yeah, oh my sure. god and I was so excited when you said that Rudy was going to be here too just because like it's yeah. so refreshing getting to talk to couples like it's amazing to connect with girls and just like they become your you know best friends but when you get to sit down and just like chat about how awful it is it somehow like makes you feel a little bit better you know yeah I think it's nice for the men too because it is so easy to find girls who are willing to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. But dudes don't want to talk about like. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That, that's how I. No dude Instagram chat. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not doing no Instagram either, but that's how I felt, man. I, after uh, we had the baby, I ended up going to therapy because my head was all screwed up through the whole process and just watching what. You know, my wife went through and, and all that stuff. And, you know, after the baby, you know, she she had some postpartum stuff and then just kind of analyzing everything and, and, and just realizing, like, it really took a toll on me, too, you know, because I was the one picking her up off the floor when, you know, when she was crying, watching her give her shots, you know, waking up early in the morning for her to get ready to go, you know, draw blood before work and you know, it takes a toll on the guys, too, and, and we don't really talk about it as much, but we we need to because it just, you know, it clears the mind and it makes you feel better, you know? I definitely agree. Yeah, I think that was a huge struggle for him. Like, when we had the miscarriage, he just wasn't talking about it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, dude, you're clearly, like, you're clearly not okay. Like, yeah. I like I understand you're trying to be strong for me, but you're clearly going through something, so, yeah. like, 
but I got a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Now, Rudy, like, have you, are you guys super open with it now? Like, hey, we're trying to get pregnant. We've experienced some losses. Like, or do you tend to keep it to yourselves and just talk to people who you trust? For the most part, we're pretty open about it. Um, sometimes, like, I don't really want to talk about it at work or anything because that's just awkward when you're especially when you're like 25 but um i told my when we were moving because we're she was three almost three hours away when i got the job down here so i was living down here and she was up there yeah so i kept asking for odd days off and my boss was like why do you why do you need monday off why do you need this day off like i I would just be like my wife has a doctor's appointment or I got to go do this. But when we were moving, because it was right in the middle of one of her comment cycles, she was down. She just couldn't do anything. Yeah. She texted me like, I'm sick. There's nothing packed. Like, Aww. And so I, I told him just, I was like, hey, my wife's taking this hormone treatment and she's down. I got to take a couple days off just to go finish up the house and everything. And he's like, and then he kind of saw him like put it together. He's like, you guys trying to have a baby? Aww. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that. That's sort of what I've been doing. Then he doing. told us that we are crazy. He's like, you guys are trying to buy a house and have a baby? You're putting your marriage to the ringer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, damn, I commend you on that one. I was yeah. like, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, me personally, I didn't talk about it for the, the entire time until after, you know, the baby was, was born for real. And then once I started being, you know, a little bit more open with it, it was, it was healing. You know, it felt good, you yeah. know. I wish I would have done it a lot sooner. Yeah, no, she kind of just forced me into it because she just tries to, if she's unhappy or not feeling a certain way, she'll let somebody know. That's just how she, Yeah. and so I'd be walking around and for the first like year and a half of it, I definitely like wouldn't talk about it. It was the last thing I wanted to like discuss with anybody but her or maybe like, you know, a really close friend, but finally she was just like, you just need to start talking about this because you're going to get super and I was super irritated all yeah, the time yeah but good for you and that's so good for you and then you realize like by just being a little honest about it even like having to make the test tough decision to be like all right I guess I better tell my boss because it's so sucky too like when you have to miss work and you have to like change so much around your schedule but then it's like you have these obligations where it's like shoot like do I tell them what's going on in my personal life because it's really none of their business but then it helps them understand a little bit like oh okay like that's why you need a few days off like sure and people are so understanding about it but it's still like sucky at the same time but good for you just like being more confident as the time has gone on because I do I feel like it makes it easier and you kind of realize like as you talk about it you can choose who you talk about it to but it helps to just have those people who know and are there to support you yeah and we're kind of forced into it a little bit because our side hustle was working at this college bar okay and so when and it's a bar, so everybody's drinking. So I did those first steps of, like, not drinking. They're like, why? <laughs> Are you pregnant? Like, and I'd be no, but maybe. Yeah. Like, because it'd be at the, for some reason, it'd always be at the end of, like, my cycle where, like, it could be. Like, maybe. Yeah. And so six months went by, and they're like, what's going on? Yeah. So then it kind of, like, forced me to talk about it. And, yeah, as much as it sucked, it, I feel like now people who are, like, 25, 20. 24 our age or whatever are more like that is something I could go through I think like that that 
that group of girls at the bar now really like think about that for themselves. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing because that's not something you're taught. Yeah. Like this is not something in a million years we thought we'd go through. Yeah. But now it's something that those group of people like think about now because yeah. it's something we're going through. And if we can do that much for others, like in this really shitty experience. Yes. And, that, and that's what's and most important, but it's about helping others, man. You're, you're absolutely right. And that's what, what is really important is being out there and because and, when we were 22 and 23 we couldn't find anybody to, to connect to you know and we felt like nobody knew what the fuck we were going through you know and now you got a platform like IG and the community that you know IG has you, you kind of see people on the younger age and, and that's you know it makes me happy to see that going through it myself when I was younger you know and you guys gotta just keep it up man you guys are gonna be great yeah and we're like Wikipedia for like all of our friends like they'll be like so I, I had sex with this girl and comment broke when would I know if she's pregnant <laughs> we get all the good trashy stories too so that is so funny, but good for you. And it then makes you realize too, like just by sharing a little bit of your story and being vulnerable, like, hey, this is what we're going through. It does. It makes other girls know that like if they're at that point, they can reach out to you and they can get advice from you and they can look to you as like, all right, she went through this too. Like, look at her, like she's still doing okay. And I think that's something that drives us too is like, seeing these other warriors around us like somehow pick themselves back up and like all right it's on to the next month like what do we have to do to just keep moving forward because we all want that same ultimate goal you know and i think it's gonna be so cool with the infertility community and instagram to like finally like get a get together with like a bunch of people yeah and all their and all their like sunshine infertility babies yep. yeah yeah Oh my God, that would be the best thing. Just be- yeah, at the barbecue with all the men in the corner drinking and being like, the shit my wife put me through and during COVID. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for just coming to talk with us. Yeah, Oh my God, this was yeah. so much fun. You guys are awesome. Well, we wish you the best of luck sure, as you move forward. With IVF, but um, I know you're going to get there, and it is. It's like one day at a time, you just keep moving forward, and it's hard because you, like, stay so hopeful throughout it all, but there's definitely heartaches and speed bumps. Yeah, the roller coaster of hope. It is. It's just so true, you just you know? got to get through it, though. You just got to get through it. You will, though. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so awesome. Thanks so yeah. much. This was so much fun. I hope we'll talk us. again yes. soon. Bye, guys. See you guys. Bye.